the great thing about a good mentor will always get you to answer your own questions. They'll ask you the right questions. You have to go away and work on it and come back with an answer. And they'll either give you a tick or a cross. Um, but that, that's, the, that's the secret of great mentor. They don't tell you what to do. You have to learn yourself what you should be doing with the information advice that they give you. Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, brought to you by Startup You, inspiring, educating, and connecting the startup community to help you make a full-time living doing what you love. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, Virgin mentor, and founder of Startup You, the regional delivery partner for Virgin Startup. Each episode provides the story of an entrepreneur who talks us through their successes and failures. You get to take on board all of their learnings and none of the failure. This podcast is brought to you by Virgin Atlantic. Virgin Atlantic now serves over 30 fabulous destinations worldwide, from dazzling cities and dream family holidays in North America to African adventures, relaxing Caribbean islands, or a taste of the exotic in Asia. Thanks to their joint venture with Delta Airlines, the choice of destinations has never been greater, and they now offer easy connections from the UK to more than 200 new North American gateways. Together, they operate a total of 32 daily non-stop flights between North America and the UK, of which 24 flights operate between London Heathrow and popular US destinations such as New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Atlanta and Washington. Just go to virginatlantic.com to book your next flight. Welcome to episode 94 of Screw It, Just Do It. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell. And on today's show, I welcome Candle Chandler, Rachel Vosper. Now, not many visitors to Barbados end up buying a local candle factory, but after a chance encounter on a beach in 1994, Rachel Vosper did just that. As she built the business up, making candles for Bill Clinton, Pavarotti and Bollinger, Rachel's newfound interest developed into a passion. And in 2011, she opened a flagship store in Belgravia, London selling candles to a mix of retail customers, corporate and private clients. Fast forward to 2018, Rachel has amazing opportunity with pop-ups in the Hamptons, LA, Hong Kong and Dubai on the horizon and having recently developed a scent, scented candle for Virgin Atlantic Airways. Now, Rachel is going to be one of my guests in Manchester on November the 27th at WeWork alongside my co-host Piers Linney. And also we've got the boys from Candy Kittens, Snuffling Pig, got Rachel, we've got Jamal Easel from Change Please, and we've got Tarsier Spirit, local gin distillery in Manchester. Also got the opportunity to win two tickets to any destination from Manchester Airport with Virgin Atlantic. And also a one-to-one mentoring session with peers. All you need to do to be in with a chance of winning is simply go to startupu.co.uk forward slash events. Grab yourself a ticket to the Manchester event. Then drop peers a question on social media using the hashtag AskPeers and the hashtag ScaleUp. And ask peers a question about scaling your small business up. You can find Piers on every platform, um, Piers Linney, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Just drop the question and we will pick the winner 
at our event at WeWork, November the 27th in Manchester. It's going to be a hell of an event. Um, I've seen many of these entrepreneurs before at previous events. Um, first time with Rachel and the Tim from Tarzi and Spirits as well. But it's going to be a great event. Um, and if you'd like to be there, get to meet Rachel in person as well as all the other entrepreneurs. Uh, lots of opportunity for, for networking, lots of welcome drinks, etc. Um, and get to meet our entrepreneurs and, and ask them your questions based around scaling your startup. So without further ado, we'll go on to my chat with Rachel where we talk about uh, mentoring, investment, and being open to opportunities. Without further ado, let's start up. Rachel, to start off, just wanted to find out um, what were you thinking about when you were back in school as a girl that you'd be doing um, as a job, or were you always thinking that you're going to be doing something um, on your own? Um, well, originally, I was uh, from a very young age. I was uh, I was keen to become a journalist. Uh, and used to write all the time um, and was obviously very nosy from a very young age, uh, which was quite helpful. So I wanted to be an investigative journalist, um, and that's actually what I went on to train to do before I um, left for Barbados, which is where my candle journey started. Ah, I never knew that. That's exactly how I started. I, I literally left university and did the NUJ, uh, I think that's what it called, wasn't it? National Union Journalist Exam, and started off as a journalist yeah. at BBC Radio Wales back in Cardiff. Well, there you go. I started off on Fleet Street. Did you? Um, I actually left um, halfway through my education and went to work for um, a media company on Fleet Street. Ah. And uh, I went there for work experience and they offered me a job. And I was sort of out and I just was desperate to get out into the, the big, uh, big wide world. So um, that's how that started. Oh, wow. And, and OK, so how, what was Barbados? Obviously, there's a theme of travel in this interview anyway with the Virgin Atlantic connection. But well, um, how did that come about? Yeah. Um, so I was uh, I was dating a, um, uh, an English guy, and he was a hairdresser and a diving instructor, uh, which is a great combination because yeah. you got your hair cut up and nothing, and uh, and got to travel to exciting places. Wow. Um, so he was offered um, a job to set up a dive school in Bridgetown in Barbados, and uh, asked me if I'd wanted to kind of come along for six months. So I sort of uh, snapped the opportunity up and. Uh, Ended up with uh, with him in Barbados and uh, met a candle maker on a beach within two weeks of arriving, hmm. and that's where my journey started. And um, because I went to help her out uh, in her studio because it was just before Christmas and she was really busy, and I just fell in love with it at first talk. It was amazing. And she was based in Barbados, was she? She was based in Barbados. She'd set the candle making company up. In fact, the year before, she'd actually travelled over over to England for her training. Um, so I was taught by her um, with a little bit of help from uh, her candle-making mentor in England. Okay, so when you left Barbados, and um, what were the first steps for you to, to set up your own business then and, and kind of finish what you well, were doing I in the UK? I, well, actually what happened, so I, I actually started my, my um, candle-making uh, career in Barbados and I took, I took her company over in Barbados within six months and ended up staying there for four years. Wow! No way. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was very unexpected. I bet. And was that literally? Yeah. She, she, she had a physical premises where she, where she worked from. So you inherited all the equipment. Yeah. And, so. Exactly. So inherited all oh. the equipment. Um, at the time, she had a retail outlet, which I decided to close down because uh, retail was quite tough out there at the time. So we mm. just had. Uh, we had a big 
uh, workshop um, up by Grantley Adams Airport where we produced everything and we were we were focusing mainly on wholesale but at the time in this is 1994 so at the time the only people that were really making beautiful scented canvases were Kenneth Turner and Joe Malone also started that year yeah um, so there was a, a big demand for new and exciting candles um, and a, a wider fragrance offering. So that's what I, I provided to um, most of the West Coast homes in, uh, in Barbados and beyond. Hmm. And, and did you know anything about the industry before that? Or was that literally when your research started? Like you, you referenced Joe Malone, which a lot of people will obviously be maybe one of their first experiences with receiving a candle at a, at a special occasion, be that a birthday or Christmas. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, really at the time, because I was based in, obviously based in Barbados and um, I came back to England probably every six months. And at the time, so we were still using fax machines and we had one sort of local paper that came out once a week. And I think it was one or two TV channels. So I wasn't really aware of what was going on um, in the marketplace um, uh, in London at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously Kenneth Turner um, had quite a big impact over there. Yeah. But it was, um, yeah, I sort of, with the training, I, I'm, I'm very much self-taught. So I think with anything it's a bit like cooking or gardening you just you learn as you go along and you learn from your mistakes so I didn't have any formal training I just had to sort of keep on top of things and uh, and work uh, a lot of sort of 3am pouring shifts to get things right. Wow and and has your relationship been with Barbados since have you you been back in the intervening years? Well I did well like you I think from our conversation about traveling I think because I stayed there for four years and it's so rare that you actually get away, especially running your own business. I tend to travel to different parts of the world now if I can. But um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Caribbean and do travel back there as much as I can. But I think what I'll probably do is take uh, go back to Barbados when my daughter, um, yeah. who's now four years old enough, to, to enjoy it and appreciate it. I'd quite like to take her back and show her around. Mm. Yeah, no, t- totally agree with you on that. I'm exactly the same with, with my two girls. It's like to kind of revisit all the places. I used to frequently travel with, with Virgin Atlantic. I'd love to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'd be wonderful. So uh, we should we should we should go back, but I think it's changed a lot since I was there twenty five years ago. Mm. So I think most of the homes that I lived in on the beach have been converted into hotels, or yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a different place. And what was your family's reaction at the time when you decided to to stay out there for for that length of time? Uh, I think they were they're, for my parents. Um, actually, my father passed away in June, um, which is. Uh, um, which is a very sad event, but they mm. were they were always very encouraging of uh, of me doing what I love, and they've always encouraged me to follow my heart and follow my gut as well. And, and I've been very fortunate that they've been able to support me in that as well. So I think they were delighted I was there because they quite like visiting me. Um, and my father, who um, was in the oil industry. I spent a lot of time um, in the States, so he, it was quite easy for him to hop over and, um, and mentor me and, and help me with the business. So they were delighted at the time um, and obviously fully supported my, my, um, my journey because I decided not to go to university and carry on with my education. So right. I cheekily asked for that, that pot of money to invest in the business, and that's how I started. Uh, okay. And uh, reading a little bit about history before when you referenced your father, was um, he had his own business as well? He did. I mean, he's always been an entrepreneur. Um, he's obviously in the oil industry. He was a, a, an amazing uh, data broker um, and has always worked on his own, but always collaborated with a lot of people in the industry, which is what I've ended up doing as well. So yeah. even though we have our own brand of candles, we're working with Virgin Atlantic, which is hugely exciting. So, yeah, we've, we've always been sort of a satellite, but, but kind of had lots of very 
um, interesting relationships outside of the business. Mm. And when you was starting the business, um, did you look to your father adv- for advice? Did you have other other mentors that have helped you over the last 15, 20 years? Oh, I've, I've been I've been so fortunate with my mentors. So obviously, my father was the first one, and he was. He loved a spreadsheet, and I didn't really understand the spreadsheet when I first started. So he really helped me understand about the basic things like my margins and turnover and, and, and costs, etc. It was um, he used to come over and, and take me through everything, and every time I came up with a new product, he sort of taught me through it. Mm. Um, so that was hugely helpful because it made a really good foundation moving forward. Because you can apply that to any business or any situation. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I've been, I've had, I've had several um, incredible mentors. So um, it's all been serendipitous. I've met people along the way that have a passion for what I do and prepared to help me, um, you know, with, with, with their free time um, effectively. So um, one of the, the great influences um, since I've set my shop up in London has been Walpole. Yeah. Um, the sort of luxury industry body. I call them the luxury mafia. They, they know I, <laughs> I say that as well. Um, so, so hugely helpful. So I, I won um, a place on the Brands of Tomorrow program in 2015, uh, which has been hugely helpful. So I've been able to tap into any CEO, CEO or marketing director, anybody within the, the luxury industry, um, purely by emailing Walpole and they make the introduction. So that's been fantastic. Wow, um, that's amazing. My love, <laughs> yeah, so, and my investor in the shop um, in uh, Belgravia um, was a brilliant mentor. He used to get me to send him reports every single week, of, like literally micro reporting, mm-hmm. which obviously set, set me up very well here. So yeah. it's without my mentors, I'd, I'd be sort of um, you know flailing around, I think. Yeah, it's funny. I was, I was just li- literally looking yesterday at um, some of our Virgin startup applicants, and we have a box, you know, on the on the Salesforce on the CRM system where they can, you know, put a tick whether they want to mentor or not. And I always, whenever I see someone who's put they've declined mentoring, I, was, I always just think, why? Oh. When, it, when it's free and it's offered as part of the, you know, another pair of eyeballs on your business, why wouldn't you yeah. at least explore that relationship? It might not, you know, be perfect chemistry but I just think that's crazy it doesn't always work it doesn't always work I've had a couple that just you you, you need to have a, a really inherent understanding of, of how um, the other one works as well mm. and when you get that it's magic and I I tap in I have about three or four I have a silent board of directors that I, I tap into all the time and they they all bring different skill sets um, and I speak to them about different things individually and then we all get together once a year to discuss how we're going to move the thought of the business forward. Okay. Um, so without my mentors, I, the, the, the great thing about a good mentor will always get you to answer your own questions. They'll ask you the right questions. You have to go away and work on it and come back with an answer. And they'll either give you a, a tick or a cross. Yeah. Um, but that, that, uh, that's the secret of great mentor. They don't tell you what to do. You have to learn yourself what you should be doing with the information advice that they give you. Absolutely, because you just don't learn otherwise, do you? Exactly. In fact, you're just being handheld the whole time, which is not the point. You need to be able to stand on your own two feet, but know that you have the support if you need it. Mm. So um, everybody should tick that box. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and what um, kind of stage were you at when you when you formalised that? When you when you had a board of people that you could um, meet up with on a on a fairly regular basis? What did I? Well, I think well, I don't have any formal contracts with them, but I know that. As my business grows, they will come into play either being um, investors mm-hmm. or 
come on the board officially. So right. um, they're, they're also they're, they're mentoring me with a view to perhaps being involved um, in the business long term when I'm ready to um, take them on board and we scale the business up to a point. And yeah. um, so it's a, it's a long term view for them as well. And it also gives you the opportunity to work with people before you sort of get into bed with them as mm. such. Absolutely. So and what points? Okay. And and what point did you um, decide to go um, and actually start start scaling the business? And I'm thinking moving into like the physical premises in London, where you are now, and and, and how did you put that together? Because you clearly need funding for for any business to scale. You you need to start building a team of people to help you. you can't yeah. do it on your own. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, looking back now, I've been, I've, this is my actually my third business the shop um, in Belgravia, and my first venture into retail. So I think uh, I'm, I'm holding off. I think that's probably my, my just do it um, moment where I've had been approached by so many investors over the years, but I just, I just know that I need to dig really, really deep and do as much as I possibly can before I take that investment on because then obviously it'd be a much more attractive offering and yeah. also worth more to me yeah. as well um, but I do agree that you do get to a point where you do need to take investors on if you want to scale it up but in the meantime um, I've been sort of putting in flavors and developing relationships with people so things are ready to go when I decide to press that button um, but I've recently set up a, um, a factory um, in West Mosley just outside Hampton Court which is very exciting we actually did our first uh, proper production um uh, last week, actually, on on the Virgin Atlantic candles. So that's oh, really? Did you? Wow. That t- yeah, yeah. So um, it's really exciting. So it takes the pressure off me and the manufacturing in central London, yeah. and it means that we can scale the business up, increase our distribution. And um, but the, until we sort of established ourselves as a brand, it's very difficult to do that, and and it's very risky to invest in that. Because I think you almost need to create that presence before you start to increase your distribution. Mm. So it's a, it's, it's a tricky one. It's a very fine balance, but I'm pleased that I've sort of, I've, I've taken this journey by myself and not taken on any funding as yet because I, I just know when the time's going to be right. Yeah, yeah. And um, it seems an opportune moment to, to, to introduce Virgin Atlantic here and just reference them again. How, how did that relationship um, come about initially? Was there, was there contact from, from them? How did, that, how did they actually hear about you to start with? Was someone yeah, coming into the shop? It was, um, no, it was one of the best emails I've ever received, I must admit. I think I was, out, I was just coming out of the meeting and um, Daniel Kersner um, of Virgin Atlantic emailed me saying, I'm in your area. Um, I'd like to discuss an idea with you. I'm thinking about um, creating um, a bespoke uh, fragrance for Virgin Atlantic. And I thought, wow. Um, so he, he just popped down to the shop. We had a coffee, had a chat, discussed all the options. And Danny said, right, I'd like you to come and pitch to me and my team in three weeks. And this was last, it was November 2017. Obviously, it's our busiest time of the year as well. And I'm thinking, how am I going to pull this off? Um, and uh, I'll be very excited. So um, all of my suppliers, was, we all ganged together and um, pushed things through as quickly as we could. Obviously, a lot of thought had to go into it. Normally, it's sort of a three-month process producing a, um, a bespoke scent for someone. Right. So got the scents together, um, drove down to Crawley um, with, my, with my wares and uh, pitched to, for the first time round uh, to the team down at Virgin Atlantic. And I... I did, psychologically, it was quite difficult to find a scent that would please everybody. So mm. I just numbered 
all of the samples that I'd created. So I created um, eight sample scents for them, for them wow. to choose from, and just put a number on each one. Yeah. And then I got them to write their names at the top of the piece of paper and, and just write down their favourite number. And they weren't allowed to confer with each other. <laughs> and thankfully, 90% of people chose the scent that I had actually created for Virgin Atlantic. They didn't know it, but that's the one I wanted them to go for, and that's the one they chose, yeah. No way. So it was a really interesting exercise. So that was sort of beginning of December, and we were presenting um, the base in HQ, Virgin Atlantic um, base in HQ, by January the 2nd, 2018. Wow. So it was uh, it was quite a whirlwind, but I love, I love that they work like that. It's just yeah. decisions get made, and it's positive, and it all just... The energy was right, and it just all fell together. It was, um, it was great. Yeah, you could imagine with with other airlines and even other, you know, blue chip companies that the uh, the decisions would take far longer to get made than so than much Virgin. bureaucracy. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, joy to work with, I'd say. So I like people that get things done. Yeah, uh, you know, as my dad used to say, "Fast game's good game." <laughs> Love it. If it's right. <laughs> and was it true um, that you said there was only one airline that you, you would work with, so you'd better be <clears throat> virgin? <laughs> um, well, of course. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, there are other um, British airlines that, um, that that could go into the mix here, but I just, I just feel that Virgin Atlantic Spirit sort of matches mine as well, and they're just exciting and forward-thinking and innovative and. Mm. And that's how I view my business as well. But you've got you've got core solid values, but there's there's a lot there's a fun element to it as well. So I think you know it's just they're more accepting of new ideas, and I think it's um it, it was it was a natural um natural relationship to form. Mm. I think over and above anybody else. And has that opened other doors with regards to to travel and, and expanding your brand? Well, I haven't received any first class tickets yet, but oh, man. <laughs> I know. Um, so it has, I think, um, with that, I mean, it's obviously um, um, heightened my profile, which is wonderful. And we have actually had a few people um, visiting the Belgravia store because they've read about me um, in the, um, the Virgin Atlantic magazine on board um, and obviously seen the picture around and about in, in various um, press articles. So it does, I mean, it's fantastic. It's been fantastic for raising my profile which in turn has uh, led to some pretty interesting um, inquiries, actually, which I'm, I can't talk about right now. But, okay. um, but if one of them comes off, it would have been um, it would have been connected with Virgin Atlantic, and it, it could um, completely change the face of my business next year, which is hugely exciting. That, that um, is. So um, look forward to hearing more in the, in the new year. Maybe tell you about it next year. I'm yeah, actually yeah. We've, we've approved three cents, but. The great thing about the, the hopefully the upcoming relationship is they they also have a relationship with Virgin Atlantic. So okay. between the three of us, we will be able to work together, have events, and um, it's going to be on an international scale as well. Mm. So uh, watch this space. Oh, we we shall indeed. And um, read in an earlier article. Um, again, let me know if you if that's happened or is going to happen with regards to um, having some pop ups abroad. Yes, yeah, so um, that again ties in with um, with this relationship as well um, in terms of um, travel because we've been approached by um, uh, a, a fantastic retail concept um, in uh, Culver City, just up from Venice Beach in LA. Oh yeah, yeah, and, I know exactly um, where you are. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. So I was actually I was meant to do it this year, but for, for, due to family circumstances, I decided to delay it until next year. So. Yeah. We are we are opening a pop up um, in uh, the platform 
in February next year. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about um, hitting the States in such a great way because it's our second biggest um, uh, exports uh, are, are from North America. So oh, they? Um, oh. the Americans, absolutely, they embrace what we do. They love what we do. So I'm really excited about getting over there, yep. especially with everything that's happening with Brexit as well. I'm thinking I'm going to skip Europe and just go straight to America. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do not pass go, <laughs> right, just go straight to the States. Exactly. I'm going to fast track it. Huh. Um, so, so I'm really looking forward to that because I, I they, they do embrace what we do and they get it and nobody else is doing what I do um, out there. So I'm hoping to... Um, stay there for three months with a view to, to keeping the, the space on um, full time as well. Okay. And then we are probably going to um, do a pop up in New York um, for next autumn, winter. And then there's an opportunity in Hong Kong as well, and then Dubai um, mm. the following year. So I think the business plan is just to have beautiful pop ups, get people to embrace what we're doing. And then you can, you can, it's just an easy way to test the market as well without um, yeah, blowing. Yeah, so true investment and uh, and commitment yeah i think that's goes the same um be that whatever industry in that we see a lot of you know food and drink businesses that, that we're able to support and try and get the steer them down that route rather than take out you know that massive loan on a uh, massive mortgage on a, on a physical premises yeah exactly it keeps it exciting as well so you may be there for three months but you can maybe just do a pop-up in, in the same place once a year and then, you know, people come to visit you as well. But it also drives business online. So we're able to ship internationally. So once you, you have that core database in that particular area, mm. um, you, can, you can work on that and obviously service people from, from anywhere. So it's, um, yeah, it's exciting. Well, this podcast goes out now to eight, listen to in 88 countries, but America is the second biggest after the UK. So that's probably helpful as well. Excellent. <laughs> I was yeah, just literally yeah. going to finish up um, with asking you about um, the workshops that you do, so how people can um, get more involved, um, and that's one of the things that you do. Part of the business model is that you, you offer that from from Belgravia. Yeah, from Belgravia. So we we have a, a studio that can accommodate up to ten people at a time. It's a bit of a tight squeeze, but it's quite good when people are, to, are, are coming here for sort of special events. We do a lot of sort of hen parties and, and anniversaries and birthdays, so it's quite a cosy affair. It's quite good for team building as well, because everybody has to stand quite closely together. Yeah. Um, so, um, so we run the courses. So, I mean, they're not um, a huge moneymaker for me, um, but what I love about it is that people will come down here and spend two hours in the shop, in the space, um, inherently understand what we, we do um, yeah. afterwards and everybody becomes a great ambassador when they meet here. So yeah. from a PR and marketing point of view, <clears throat> it's wonderful for us because it's sort of, it's ingrained in them. It's not just coming into a shop and buying mm. a candle, it's actually getting involved with the whole experience and the process. Mm. Love it. Um, well, I know you're a very busy lady, so I just wanted to finish up with what's the, um, the easiest way that people can um, get in contact with you, find out more about the brand? Um, um, well, ideally, we'd like people to pop down and say hello and have a coffee in the morning or a G&T after six. Um, but, um, but no, we're, we're, um, we're online at rachelvosper.com and we're located at 69 Kinnerton Street, which is SW1X. Um, Belgravia in London so um, we're, our doors are always um, open and you don't have to buy anything just come in have a chat pour a candle if we're in production and, uh, and just enjoy the experience and people can bring as I understand their own vessels to be filled 
they can. So we're doing a lot of that at the moment. It's um, it's really exciting actually because we get different vessels in through the door every single day. So recently we've had a lot of old um, family silver um, because women tend to keep their silver in a cupboard and it doesn't get used, mm. like christening cups and, and such like. And they just get them out once a year to clean them. Yeah. Um, but they've, they've started bringing the, the silver in now and we actually fill it with wax. So ah. you can bring any empty vessel in that will lend itself well to a candle, glass, ceramics, porcelain. I've even had wooden vessels in here, hmm. um, which are a bit tricky, but we can do it. Um, and, uh, yeah, just your old crystal fruit bowls that you've inherited from your, your granny. Um, <laughs> and then we just charge by the gram. So you awesome. can actually fill the vessel with water at home um, weigh the water content give me a call and um, I can give you a quote um, to fill it that is so cool I love it so exciting times ahead by the Santa for Rachel Vosper hope you enjoyed um, that chat and if you'd like to hear more from Rachel uh, you'd like to see meet her in person then do come along to our Manchester November the 27th event at WeWork uh, just go to startupu.co.uk forward slash events to grab a ticket to that or indeed our November the 29th event in Bournemouth with uh, Ted Baker founder Ray Kelvin. So takeaways for, for me from, from Rachel's story, uh, mentoring is obviously a really strong one, uh, how much she's benefited um, from mentoring, from having a board of people she can turn to for advice, an informal board, right through to her father who was an entrepreneur. Um, giving her advice uh, along the journey as well. Um, and as we both said, uh, tick that box when it says mentoring, um, if it's offered in any way, shape or form for whatever you're doing, if there's any programs uh, you're involved in. Another pair of eyeballs on your business is invaluable. I've had some great mentors myself um, over the last few years. Um, currently got a fantastic one um, that's really helpful in helping me formulate my vision, keep stay true to that vision. So many opportunities present themselves um, when you're open to them, and it's 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 working out which ones align with your vision and your values, and still taking you in the direction that you want to go. Um, and me, I just dump out all the contents of my brain, and she brings it um, all closer together for me, checking which aligns with my vision and my values, which don't chucking those ones out that don't. Um, or otherwise, you end up living someone else's dream and, and certainly not your own. Um, investment was another one, interesting one. So, um, so many people are keen to get investment on board as soon as possible, yet the business might not be ready for it. Um, if you spent the time getting it in shape, doing as much as possible yourself, then you're going to get a far higher value for your business rather than looking for investment really early on. Being open to opportunities comes back to my first point. Um, you know, it's, by saying yes, there's nothing ever bad has come to me from that. Um, saying no to everything, probably don't need to say more about that, do I really? Then, you know, you're going to be so closed off to opportunities, nothing will ever present itself to you. But being open, the most amazing things have happened to me, um, hand on heart, especially over the last um, the last year, last three years, definitely. Um, whatever you can visualize, you know, in your mind's eye, visualize it happening, putting it out there, visualizing it happening, being there, smelling it, touching it, seeing it, 
all of those things, then you put in the hard work and opportunities will come to you. Um, don't really believe in luck. I believe in the hard work and then opportunities, which other people can interpret as luck. Um, but they're definitely out there. They definitely happen. I 100% agree with that. It's uh, happened to me. Um, we'd love to know your stories as well. What opportunities have come to you from, from saying yes? Um, drop me a message. Let me know. Send a, send a picture. Um, at Alex Chisnell on Twitter, LinkedIn, at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. Uh, let me know. I'd love to know. And um, if you enjoy the show, then please uh, leave a review. Um, that's massively appreciated. Love to know what you think of the show. Any suggestions for guests for next year? Again, drop me a line. I'm just formulating that now. So do let me know. Uh, thanks very much. And um, I hope to see you at one of our live events in the next couple of weeks. Um, if not, then please enjoy listening to the podcast. If you like this podcast and you'd like the opportunity to attend one of our live events with some of the world's leading entrepreneurs, just go to startupu.co.uk and click on the events calendar. You'll be able to see our upcoming events calendar for the UK. Pick up a ticket from as little as £10, which includes complimentary drinks and the opportunity to meet and connect with like-minded entrepreneurs, find a mentor or an investor. You'll also have the opportunity to meet our speakers and ask them your burning questions in person. Hope to see you there. If you're an entrepreneur looking to start or scale their business, then I'd love to help you. Being part of the Startup U community means we can help you in a number of ways. Simply go to Facebook and find Startup U Club through the different groups on there and join. We can help you in a number of different ways through daily inspiration and education, through to accessing funding, investment and mentoring. In fact, pretty much anything that you'll need on your startup journey. And if you've got a great story that you'd like to share, then I'd also love to hear from you. Just go to startupu.co.uk, click on the contact page and drop me a message. I'd also love to connect with you personally. It's at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn and Twitter and at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. And if you enjoyed listening to this particular episode, then please subscribe and I'd massively appreciate a review. All you need to do is click on the ratings and review tab on iTunes and leave us your thoughts on there. Until the next show, remember, don't wait. The time will never be right. Action always beats intention. So just screw it. Just do it. This show is brought to you by RocketSpark, who make it easy for anyone to build a great-looking website. Each month, RocketSpark offer one lucky listener the opportunity to get a website absolutely free for the next six months to do some in-market testing of a new idea. Just go to rocketspark.com slash screw it, just do it to enter.